You can have all the money in your hand All the possessions anyone can ever have But it's all worth it's treasure True worth is only measure Not by what you got, but what you got in your heart You can have, you can have Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. People, I have to tell you that I am off the chain today with all kinds of thoughts uh, because I have gotten a person on today uh, that I truly admire uh, that is the kind of individual who is out there making things happen and is looking to try to increase the knowledge of people of color all over the place so that they can uh, have their voices heard in a way that can make a difference. Uh, I have had a lot of respect and appreciation uh, for Mr. Kenneth Pratt and all that he's been doing. I've known him for uh, nearly 15 to 20 years, uh, and he is always on the move and making things happen. So I'm going to ask Mr. Pratt to tell him tell a little about himself. He is a Morehouse graduate. Uh, he has lived in the state of Florida for a long period of time. But I just want him to be able to share a little about himself and the things that he's uh, trying to accomplish so we have an idea of the background he has and how the information he'll be bringing to us this evening. Uh, good morning. Uh, excuse me. Good evening. Mr. Pratt, you got me tongue-tied today. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Deshay. It's my pleasure to be on with you, and thank you for the invitation. 
to be on, and um, and I would say ditto to you as well. I've had a lot of respect for what you're trying to do, uh, especially with programs like this, um, and I'm just excited to have the opportunity to come on today and uh, and hopefully share a little knowledge and, and have a great discussion with uh, your audience. Well, Mr. Pratt, let me just tell you that uh, I'm one of those people when I get you once, I get infected, and uh, I'll be asking you more and more because our audience needs to hear uh, people like yourself who have been in the war for a long time and who has some insight into what it is that we need to do to make sure our voices are heard on a continuous basis. Um, let me just ask you sure. about what, what do you feel where we are right now as a nation? Uh, I would have never guessed uh, that we would be in this kind of situation after electing Barack Obama to two terms. Uh, what What is your uh, description of where America is at, at this moment. That's uh, how do we have three hours to talk to, <laughs> to go over that? We are in a, <laughs> we could go for a long time on that question, but um, um, let me see if I can kind of whittle it down here. So um, we, we are in a place, you know. They say that in politics and in um, and especially in our nation's politics, many times the president that is current. Um, is a reflection, if you will, on the pre- previous or is a response um, to the previous president. Um, and so if you begin to look at Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, um, and the president, the, the current administration um, now, and you look at that as a reaction, um, I think that kind of lays the groundwork for kind of where we are. Um, you've heard a lot of talk about folks being left behind. You've heard a lot of talk about um, jobs being taken and, um, and, uh, and there's not being a lot of opportunity uh, for um, uh, uh, folks that are not, uh, well, a lot of folks. Let me just put it that way. Um, and the other thing that I find quite interesting about that fact, because we're mostly talking about our, our Caucasian folks um, that, that uh, came out in, in record numbers really to elect this current administration, but what is entirely interesting about that and where we are right now is that we know that uh, if you happen to be Caucasian and you find a job, you the steel mill is closed, the uh, factory is closed, the, um, um, the job that you were on for 20 years has now been replaced by um, automation. We know that if that is happening to our Caucasian friends, we know what's happening to uh, our African-American and other people of color, they are uh, absolutely struggling. They are struggling probably ten times, um, quite frankly, um, uh, uh, what our other Caucasian brothers and sisters are, are dealing with. So um, we are obviously coming out of, and, and what President Obama inherited um, when he was elected, um, uh, what he walked into when he walked into the Oval Office in 2008 was, quite frankly, a mess. Um, we know financially where where our country was, which was in a very bad place, um, and he had to step up and make some very tough decisions. Um, but um, to get back to the to the genesis of your question, where are we right now? We are in a place I feel where um, the response uh, the response to Barack Obama is what we have now, and. There has, and we need to be careful about how we respond to this administration, quite frankly, um, because um, if we're not very careful, 
Um, I've heard some folks say that we may be headed towards, you know, our, the Civil War uh, type of type of uh, society. Um, um, we need to be very careful that this uh, that our dialogue is really more so about um, resolving our country so that we all can can move forward. Um, and I think that's what President Obama, my, my personal opinion, is that's what he, what he was about. He was about making sure that we as a country move forward, not just black or white or brown or yellow, but but that we as a country would all be able to move forward together. Um, I'm not sure that you have a current administration that feels the same way as President Obama, um, and um, and we've got to we've got to mobilize. Um, there are a, a million things that we can talk about. Um, uh, that need to be done, and I'm happy to, you know, over the the course of this conversation, happy to, you know, continue to talk about those. Kenneth, but how how do we? I, I have to tell you that I I I was blindsided uh, after electing uh, Barack Obama twice and hearing all the conversations about how it's going to be difficult for the Republican Party to ever elect a president again. Uh, that people of color are going to be in the majority and the Democratic uh, Party is going to be so strong. And then to have this happen and to be looked at as not uh, bewildered and and not being able to get our footing again, how did we go from that place where people were thinking that the Republican Party was on their last leg uh, to having them control the House and the Senate and, and the presidency, and uh, looking like they're not trying to let it go. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and they're not. Um, there, there will be a there will be a huge fight in 2018, and we, everyone that needs to have their voice heard, should be ready to to do that. I think we're now in a generation to upside, really. Um, and I, I certainly want this to be. I know you're a positive person. I know you want to talk about solutions and that thing and that kind of thing. And I do too. The upside of all this is that we currently live in a society where um, having your vo- your voice heard can be. It, it, it. I mean, the the regular Joe on the street really can do that. It doesn't. You don't have to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, other type of um, uh, certain profession. In order to have your voice heard, um, and and um, you know when take Barack Obama back when he was a community organizer, he was having his voice heard. Um, and so, again, once again, to go back to your question or go go back to your statement, um, we are in a we are in a, a dire position where um, we got away from that. Quite frankly, you have to keep your eyes on the ball in politics. Um, and if your eye is not always on the ball, let me tell you, it will slip away from you. Our society is changing. Um, the strategies are constantly changing. Political strategies um, are constantly changing. And, it, and, I, and to a degree, I think a lot of this has been, quite frankly, that we got comfortable. We got comfortable as people of color with saying, and, and we started to buy into the narrative that um, I don't want to say we made it, but that that electing, as you said, twice an African American president um, was a and it was a huge um, a huge um, a huge uh, landmark, certainly in the history of our country as well as African Americans. But there's more. <laughs> there's more 
to the story. There, there, there has to be more to the story than just electing President Barack Obama. Um, and um, I think those of us that happen to deal in politics on a daily basis see that. Um, and he was, he is one person who had a, uh, you know, the, our president obviously has a great deal of power, but there are um, local elections which, which a lot of times we sit back and don't participate in, um, or don't get involved on on local issues that, that quite frankly, will have much more of an impact than um, um, than the current than any than anything that will happen with the current administration. So. One of the messages that I want your listeners to make sure that they um, come away with is that you don't have to go to, uh, you know, we have to live with the current administration for another couple of years, but we don't have to go to Washington, D.C. And, and worry about impeachment there. There are so many other things that we can be doing on the local, the regional, um, the statewide level that um, – that that I, I really don't want us to get to a point where we feel like, you know, again, my voice is not being heard or my voice cannot be heard because of who sits in the White House currently. Well, uh, the other thing uh, we got lost in was the thought that somehow or another we had gotten political power and clout and that uh, we would never relinquish it. Uh, but it does seem as though that clout got squashed and um, and and led a lot of people not to believe in the current way that we go about electing a president. Uh, let me let me make sure I understand your question. Uh, you're talking about the are you just, you wanted to discuss the kind of um, the the popular vote or just the entire way right, that we go about the, the, the process? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. the fact that uh, Hillary Clinton received the popular vote, but because of a few states, uh, she was not elected president uh, because of those uh, those states that uh, went Republican. And you know, right. people thinking, okay, we're going to go out and vote for Hillary. And she wins by over three million votes, but yet she's not the president. Right. It's it, it certainly I can understand. It's been frustrating for me, and I'm certain that it is frustrating for probably a lot of your listeners um, that that probably that may have walked into the polls in 2007 for the first time um, and voted and cast their vote for Barack Obama. Um, and now they come back in uh, 2016, and they're back to feeling. I think many communities are back to feeling like my my voice is, wasn't heard, or my voice isn't being heard, or there is no way. You know, my vote does not matter. Um, I heard a lot of that. I had the pleasure of um, uh, working here in North Florida, um, kind of Pensacola to Jacksonville area, uh, as a part of President Obama's campaign in 2007. It was an absolute pleasure, um, uh, great staff, and, and, and we were solely focused on, um, on, on getting it done, getting, you know, getting the president um, elected. But what I heard while you know, canvassing for the president, um, can, you know, uh, talking to different stakeholders, is that my voice is not being heard or my vote doesn't really matter. It won't really matter if I go there. 
but we have seen it time and time and time again where um, where uh, uh, elections have come down to you know ten twenty we've seen it you know we've seen it particularly in the last um, uh, couple of years in in our in our very state where you've had elections statewide elections even that have come down to thousands of votes um, where they had to go back and recount and um, and and do an automatic recount because um, um, uh, the vote was that was was just that close um, so I want to you know, it is a little disheartening that we have a process that seems to not respect that, but um, certainly your vote does matter. Um, certainly the vote of each and every person does still matter. I, I think perhaps if we, you know, a lot of folks, we uh, said that we need to go back and review the Electoral College and that, that whole process. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a, I don't know, I mean, as a, I'm not a constitutional uh, uh, constitutional lawyer, but I'm not necessarily convinced that that is the way to bring about change. I think, quite frankly, the way to bring about change is to begin to do what you saw being done in Alabama. The number of African-American folks that came out to vote in that U.S. Senate race, that's how you, that's really a blueprint, if you will, for how we ought to respond in 2000, uh, 2018 um, and go to the polls. The, the folks that showed up uh, in Alabama, uh, the turnout was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I think it was like something I have, I think that as far as I can, uh, as I heard, the, the numbers were something around 40%, which is quite unheard of um, in most elections, um, especially a statewide election. Normally you're looking at 25 to maybe 27% of a turnout, uh, and that's just that's just a turnout of, uh, folks who are actually registered to vote. We're not talking about the larger population of folks who would be eligible to register and then vote, but you're talking about folks that um, just are registered to vote and you still only normally get a 25 to maybe 27% turnout. Those, that's, that's typically a pretty good turnout if you have a 27% uh, thing. And what my understanding is that what we saw in Alabama was something around 40%, which um, which is encouraging, but once again, we can't take our eyes off the ball. And if we, you know, the election's not till November. If we don't continue to keep the pressure on our elected officials and continue to have the conversations about the issues that are important, 2018 will be a lost opportunity, um, and certainly 2020 will be a lost opportunity um, when it comes to that. So. Um, that's kind of my take on the electoral college and the whole thing. I'm not, again, I'm not sure that that, that that will take us to another level. I think what really needs to be done is we need to empower our communities to, to uh, register first of all, and then to obviously get to the polls on election day. And then there's, you know, there's all obviously other things that we can do as, as to be advocates for our communities. Um, and we, I'm sure we'll get more into that as we, as we go along. All right. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and allow uh, those who called in uh, to ask questions or make statements. Uh, we have to take uh, advantage of this opportunity. Uh, Mr. Kenneth Pratt is a gold mine or treasure uh, to have on our show today, and uh, we want to definitely take advantage of having him here. I appreciate it, James. I'm looking forward to hearing from you callers. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. 
it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Um, and working with um, 
folks who who obviously uh, were indigent and needed my assistance from a legal perspective, um, um, and uh, did that for several years. Decided to leave there, um, and then opened my own criminal defense law firm with another gentleman um, at uh, at that time. Um, did that for uh, several years as well, and then really decided that it was time to um, um, that that while I was able to have an impact on individuals that I wanted to do something that had a little bit of a broader aspect. Um, and so um, getting involved in, that's how I kind of got involved in the political arena, um, worked for state representative uh, Geraldine Thompson there in the Orlando area, um, was her first aide, and then went on to um, have gone on now to, to lobby uh, our Florida state legislature and also doing a little bit of lobbying in, in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, on various issues, some local issues, and, and now mostly um, the financial arena um, is where you'll find me trying to uh, uh, to make a difference there. Um, uh, also, been um, really pleased to be able to be a part of several local and regional boards um, that are doing great work. Hospice, uh, the Tallahassee Housing Authority, um, and just trying to trying to get myself out there in the community and and, and help us to kind of move forward. Did I answer your question, or that that did, um, and it's, you have really been accomplishing a lot. My hat goes off to you. I thank you well, very thank much. You. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. And, and go ahead, James. Reverend Smith, what kind of question or statement would you like to make? Are you there, Reverend Smith? I did it again. I left the mute button on. Anyway, I said, <laughs> good evening, oh, Mr. Brown. Good, good evening, evening sir. Everyone here on the line. Um, I, I'm going. I'm going to go back to um, the electoral college and the voting uh, situation. Um, I understand perfectly mm-hmm. what you're saying, and you're right. But we're talking when you when you speak of um, um, the electoral college, and you speak of the um, local elections you're talking on on a totally two different levels, right? Correct. Because we are at two different levels. Um, yes. In the local elections, our voices and our votes count a whole count, count a lot, lot more. We need to because that way we can stand forth, I believe, and get more people into positions that will possibly go on to go to Washington and be able Amen. to do things and, and help us a lot better. Um, yeah. So if yeah. we do that, now when we come to the Electoral College, I'm not in favor of the Electoral College at all, I can tell you that, because I believe that one vote should count for each and every person, regardless of what. Um, the reason I say that is because uh, you got several – most of them white males that are handling in the electoral college. I think about 70% mm-hmm. is white males and 30% are, are females and maybe 2% are black. Mm-hmm. And anywhere there's anywhere man have, has his hands on anything, it can be corrupt in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And yes, I know sir. that the states, the states have to win. Um, you have to win a state in order to garnish those particular votes. 
but the electoral college can send those votes any way they choose to. Right? That's right. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So that's my problem with it. When a person wins, and that's where you find people are saying that their vote don't count anymore, and they feel even greater than that now, I believe, because Hillary won the popular vote by 3.5 million plus votes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they feel like, wait a minute, 3.5 million? That's a lot of folks. And it is mm-hmm. a lot of folk out of 300 and what, 69 million or something like that? Okay, so here we are. Um, um, we got to get people to understand the difference in the the operations. I believe if we can do that, the operations of the electoral college and mm-hmm. the local elections where every vote is counted not by districts of precincts but by whatever actually uh, it comes in at that particular. There's nobody mm-hmm. sitting there and saying, well, we're going to box put all of these votes in one basket. So this is is what we've got to get our people to understand, that there are, there's a great difference in local elections and governmental presidential elections. Absolutely. Even the, even the the senators and the congresspersons they, 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 our people need to get more involved in those votes. But when it comes down to Absolutely. the presidential vote, that's where we got a problem at, because we do have individuals that are sitting there on those boards, swaying one people from one way to the other, regardless of what. So that's where I'm. I'm just want to say, what do you think about that? Let's get if we could get our people to. Try and understand that the, it's, it's a complex situation, really. Mm-hmm. And if we can mm-hmm. get them to understand the difference, that's a great difference between those two, local and presidential. That's what I'm Absolutely. Well, I, yeah, I uh, couldn't Kenneth. agree more. Yes, sir. James? Kenneth, let me ask you this question. Now, you, I, I understand that elect people can vote the way they want to, but they're supposed to vote the way the state required them to vote, but it does seem somewhat antiquated uh, that that is the only area that we use that that method. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't defend the electoral college to you. I, I wish that I could. Um, I, I wish I could tell you that there's a good reason why we're using it, um, and that legally it has to be, you know, it's a it's a it's a representation of our country, and that that we should continue to use it. I, I can't tell you that. Um, I'm, you know, if we were, if I'm, my guess is is that if you were to take, uh, if you were to to poll folks, or if you were to actually um, look to do an amendment to the electoral college that that would probably succeed. There have been several, um, my understanding, there have been several attempts in the past to change it, but that those attempts obviously have been unsuccessful. But I want to hit on something that the Reverend said really quick because I think it, I want to make sure that I shine a light on the fact that um, he talked about we have to develop folks at the local level, and that is so important. In politics, we call that having a bench. Um, and I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, but 
you have got to have a bench, both political parties or even the folks that are not necessarily in a political party. You may just have a you may be an issue person who has uh-huh. one or two issues that you think are important that need to be heard. Um, the folks, take, take for instance, Black Lives Matter. The folks in Black Lives Matter, they have to have a bench of folks that are able and willing and have the financial backing to run, and those folks have to be elected at the local level and then hopefully at the state level. And then we obviously talked about the, the Senate and uh, uh, Congress and, and, um, and, and then maybe perhaps even the White House, but you, you don't get anywhere by not electing folks who have the experience and the ability to navigate through politics. Um, you have to have that bench and I and I and I Very think nice. that in the past what we have not what we have not focused on is developing young folks to understand civics. I'm so excited that uh, several years ago I know folks like Senator Geraldine Thompson there from the Orlando area that were fighting for civics to be taught to our students. And we finally got that back into our statute several years ago. Um, um, we have to teach them civics. We have to teach them um, the importance of government and the, the functions of government um, uh, because government can have a, a very powerful effect on the lives of many, many people. We know that, but our children do not know that. Our, our yeah. kids are not learning that on a, on a daily basis. So we've got to change the culture that it, that, that it pertains uh, as to that. Um, um, young people have to understand that they need to turn off, um, you know, for a minute, turn off uh, the reality show and get on, you know, what, again, whatever your political persuasion is. Go find out the facts for yourself. Go test what Fox News is saying. Go test what, uh, what uh, CNBC, uh, MSNBC is saying. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to, to, believe, uh, to believe everything that you hear on the Internet or that you read on the Internet or that you hear on TV, but challenge those things. Um, and, and, we've got, and that is also how you inspire young Barack Obama. Um, that is how you develop the next level because um, we can't rest on Barack Obama's uh, accolades. We have to be. Amen. We really should have been. Amen. We should have been developing the Barack, the next Barack Thank Obama you. before. But we have to That's now. Right. Uh, we we have to continue to develop our young folks um, into the into the next uh, you know presidential uh, to, to put them in a presidential position, and that takes money, that takes support in terms of knocking on doors and getting people to register to vote and getting people to actually get to the polls. Um, it takes judges. It takes lawyers. It takes, it takes a lot of folks to, to have the right folks in the right places. And so we're not, we can't just rest on one or two people and, and put it in the hands of them. It has to be an army of folks. It has to be an army of young people who rise up and, and, and understand the importance of civics and government and that are willing to, to, uh, to not lay down. D, let me ask you what uh, what question or statement would you like to to direct to Mr. Pratt? Uh, good evening, and uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I am in a at a point um, when it comes down to these elections and. Um, the power that these politicians use in the way of persuasion. Um, going forward, 
uh, when it comes down to these electoral colleges uh, and the electoral uh, and the um, and the vote that they possess. Um, when Donald Trump came on the stage, uh, when he came on the scene, he let it be known how powerful uh, the art of the deal making is. Yep, Say that sir. again. He made it known how powerful the art of deal making is, and mm-hmm. it puts me in the mind that these people that that's in a position of the electoral, that in a position mm-hmm. to sway. To swing one way or the other can be can be swayed by by the power of the uh, <laughs> and that is a that that is a frightening reality. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, even even when it comes down to the um to the uh, state level, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when Roy Moore was running for the Senate, and mm-hmm. he and Donald Trump. Used the power of his 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 uh he used he used his clout that he thought he had mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and with uh with the backing of the um his base especially in the red states that he that he knows that are there uh he tried mm-hmm. to use his input he tried to use his input to sway those voters to vote for Roy Moore even though he was a bunch of traitors. Correct. And so all of that is very frightening going forward because my question to you is, you know, when when the Trump scene, when the Trump Trump came on the scene, um, he kind of spit in the face of everybody, all the other uh, candidates that, that was eligible to be a, a viable candidate, uh, uh-huh. being professional politicians and showing some poise. Um what's to say that the next person to come in uh, won't have any ethics at all? Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> so so the, the Constitution doesn't, I mean, I, I think, you know, these Republicans now, it seems to me now, they are finding all kinds of ways to find loopholes to make anything okay, <laughs> and, 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 including, including a lack of morals. Mm-hmm. And so uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's frightening. It's frightening, and I don't know now. And I say all that in in contrast to the uh, to the popular vote. You know, when when people go out to vote, they're hard and and to vote for uh, the betterment of their neighborhoods. But when these sleazy people come into play, and they don't care nothing about what you think, and all they care about is Wall Street, and 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 the ideology of the rednecks. Statue, um, all of that can be bought. All that, all that can be bought and swayed uh, by um, by charisma by by these sleazy politicians. And uh, and I'm sure. starting to sound like I'm rambling, but uh, I'm really confused. And maybe you can throw some light on that. Sure. Um, so let me let me let me talk a little bit about um, kind of politics as, as I see it. I guess in general, um, you are always going to have deal making, and uh, I. I it's also compromise, also another way to look at it is compromise, but you're always going to have deal-making, and I think that's actually a good thing. I think that's kind of what our our uh, our democracy is founded on, the fact that, you know, you're not – no one really ever gets their way totally, um, and and when democracy um, works, that's, 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 I think, what happens. 
um, we have to, I think we as sometimes specifically black folks, I think we have to get away from thinking that we're, ever, that we're always going to agree with every politician on every issue. It's not going to happen. It's, 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 I think, and I hear that a lot, as I, again, as I've knocked on doors and, and helped campaigns, you know, that, that there are folks out there who say, well, um, you know, so-and-so, this politician did not, uh, did not um, um, vote the way that I expected them to vote on this one issue. Now, if there are five or six issues that they, they didn't vote on, then, yeah, you need, to, you need to either run yourself or you need to uh, find somebody in your community who is going to identify with, your, with those issues and vote the right way on those issues. That's the way that that has to be done. Um, uh, you, you know that that that's the process that that, that we have to go through. Um, in terms of the electoral college, it, it is it is unfortunately what it is. Um, it's the rules that we have to play by. Um, in Florida, here we have a major opportunity um, uh, to to, and we'll continue to have a major opportunity. My understanding is that our census numbers are such that. Um, we'll be gaining two, possibly one, possibly two new members of Congress. So we'll go from 27 members of Congress to now 29 members of Congress. Um, if you're living in the state of Florida, um, your vote, your vote definitely counts, um, and it definitely counts a lot, and will continue to count. And as more folks continue to move to our state, um, there there will be an even greater impact that we will have on national elections. But again. Um, this goes right back to kind of the, the first point that we had with the reverend. We have to keep our eye on the ball, and the ball really has to be, at some level, it has to be a local, state, um, even regional um, um, issue of getting the folks that represent, truly represent um, our community, getting those folks elected. If we're not, if, if you think that, uh, that, um, uh, State Attorney Aramis Ayala is, is somebody who I actually have worked with um, in the past. Um, if you think she can get reelected without the help of, uh, without money, without the help of folks knocking on doors for her, we are sadly mistaken. We have to be willing to help these candidates, and we have to be willing to reelect and 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 hold accountable the folks that are that are uh, uh, not uh, voting the way that that we want to. But we're not going to get them on every vote. There are different, you know, there are different. They vote different ways on different things for different reasons. Um, I, I uh, you know, am somewhat sympathetic to to some of our elected officials because they do they do have a very tough job. But um, but but we have to, as as a people, begin to hold them accountable. And and when the vote does not go down the way that we want it to, we have to go to their go to their offices, meet with them, and explain to them. Why we feel the way that we feel about a particular issue, it's 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 engagement that has to, to has to take place, and unfortunately, um, there's just not enough uh, there's not enough folks that will get that are willing to get engaged in politics. I, I hope that we can change that. I, I really do hope that. Uh, Cassie, uh, would you like to ask a question or make a statement uh, to uh, Mr. Kenneth Pratt? You there, Kathy? Kathy, are you there? Cheryl, what, what, as you listen to 
Uh, Mr. Pratt, what what are your thoughts related to uh, the direction uh, you want us to go in? Everything has been so informative in making the things that we have been talking about so much clearer because, you know, we've been talking about our local elections and how important it is. And one of the things that we brought up was, you know, trying to get the churches to be able to explain to individuals what's actually on the ballot. Because when uh-huh. they go in to vote, they're not really understanding, you know, what they're uh-huh. voting. You know, we have some loyal voters that will vote. And what they vote for may not actually be what they meant to vote for. It's about having local churches during the election time to make it more clear, you know, to the, to the voters uh, what they're actually voting for. And, you know, and let them ask questions. Because all that they're going by is is what they hear and probably um, on TV, you know, whatever um, form of um, that they use. And, you know, m- many times what they're hearing is broken promises. So uh-huh. to uh-huh. get, you know, the voters to really understand that was one thing. But you made a lot of the things that we talked about so much clearer, and I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, and, and let me let me make a quick comment about that because I think you're you're right on point. There there are a lot of important ballots or think or initiatives that are going to be on the ballot. One of the one of the key initiatives that is going to be on this upcoming ballot, um, and and it, it will kill me if we don't get folks to come out on this issue. The restoration of civil of, of rights for uh, for felons, that is now going to be a constitu- or an issue that is going to be um, on our 2018 ballot. I spoke with the young man Desmond Mead just the other day. Um, they are they have everything in place, and he is running a, a wonderful operation. Um, um, and he has made it such that we have that issue on the ballot to vote for. Um, and, and we have to pay attention to, to those other things that beyond the, the names of the politicians that are on there, you're exactly right. We have to pay attention to the other initiatives on the ballot, like the restoration of civil rights issue, um, that uh, and folks have really should um, be pre- being prepared right now to, to get involved. This is a, this is a major issue for um, the African-American community that has, uh, you know, in some instances 50% of, 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 of your prison population um, made up of African-American men um, when, only, when African-Americans only make up to 12% of our society, 10 to 12% depending upon where you are, but, um, uh, but 50% of our jails, um, we know that we have a higher uh, felony, uh, uh, that, that many of us have more, uh, more felonies uh, or more folks that have felonies. So why would we not want to give them an opportunity? It is, it's, I, again, it's an issue that I feel so passionate about, and I hope that folks will get engaged on this issue and will look at the ballot. Um, and, and let me also um, encourage you to reach out to um, any of your local black bar associations. I'm, I'm a member of the one here in Tallahassee, uh, the Tallahassee Barristers, and when I lived in Orlando, I happened to be a member of the Paul C. Perkins Bar Association. 
Um, and I know both of those organizations uh, would be happy to pull together um, um, uh, attorneys, local attorneys, who can come in and talk to uh, the churches uh, and folks that are, uh, that are willing to come to a church program um, to learn about and really have a really in-depth discussion about what are the other issues on the ballot. They're very complicated. They're, I happen to be trained as a lawyer, and I can tell you they're complicated for me. So I and I'm used to I'm used to more used to reading uh, legalese and that kind of thing. So um, I I I want I, I certainly hope that that you will reach out to um, other lawyers that are willing to to give a, a fair explanation of exactly what folks are voting for because you're absolutely right. We need to we need to know what we're voting for and there's not um, that doesn't happen enough. So thank you for your comment. All right, uh, Kathy, we're going to come back to you uh, to see if you're there. Are you there, Kathy? Uh, do you have a question or a statement you'd like to ask Mr. Pratt? Good afternoon, James. No, I'm just enjoying the show. I'm just listening. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All right, Reverend Smith, uh, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about a lot of different things, um, and we've always wanted to to know what steps we need to take. What would you like to ask Mr. Pratt about how do we get to the point where uh, people really respect our, uh, our, our voice? Are you there, Reverend Smith? I did it again. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. Here, okay. <laughs> I, I took it upon myself to um, um, go on my computer and look up the Electoral College, and I got it right here in front of me. But in in the interim of what in the interim of that, what you were saying is this: uh, I look at people as being individuals uh, because God said we need to do so. God has no elected person, and we have no elected person. And we don't have to like what they do, but we must love them, regardless of what. And that's a hard yes, thing sir. to do. That's one of the hardest things that <laughs> we have found out to do as mankind or as Christians. But Absolutely. I look at this, going back to something that he said before about Miss um, Ayala. I was very disappointed in Miss Ayala. I'm also, uh, Mr. Pratt, I'm also a retired Florida Department of Law Enforcement special agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there with them for 27 years. Uh, so, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm looking at uh, our people. When we go and take the time up to back someone, they should give us the whole story out front of what they're going mm-hmm. to be and what, what they are not going to be. That makes us look bad when things. I would think so, don't you? That makes us look bad when you don't tell the whole story. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, it, I it was certainly. very disappointed. Yeah, and I was tremendously disappointed when she came up after uh, the gentleman um, did what he did to those officers. I was, I was very disappointed. All of a sudden, now you don't believe in the death penalty, and she probably believed in it before that. But it's going to be, my question is, 
Do you really believe that the people are going to trust her to go back into office after her time is up? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I will say I don't know enough about that particular the race, the the the, the issues surrounding it. Obviously, I'm aware of of her stance on the death penalty. Um, uh, and, and as someone who I, I actually in, in, in part of my career as an attorney has also been spent on the other side. I was a state attorney before I was a public defender, actually. Um, and so I've worked on, on both sides of that. Right. And what, 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 is your, what is your take on that, though? I mean, do you believe that the Trump, when you're running for an office, we know that it's political. I was a city commissioner also. So, you know, it, 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 it's difficult to, to, to sit and, 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 and judge. I'm not going to judge Ms. Ayala because I don't believe in the death penalty either. But don't you think that when we are out there, especially if we are black, especially if we are black, we have Correct. to be better. You know that. We, we've got to <laughs> do things. Because they're going to pick at every little thing to try to discredit every sure. little thing. You know that. Absolutely. That. Oh, absolutely. And so absolutely. We, we need to be, we, that's one thing that the people that we are going to try to elect need to understand. Be up front mm-hmm. so we can fight for you. Mm-hmm. If we can't mm-hmm. fight, we don't know the truth, we can't fight for you. So that's what the people that are being elected are going to have to do for us. The people right. tell us the truth. Let us know where you stand. Then we can we can either be for you or against you. But when you right. come in all of a sudden and and we we find it out <laughs> when everybody else does or when everything is is all in top attorney, how can we do too much for you after that? Right. You know, and I right. was terrible that the governor put her through what he did, but he did, and but she put herself in that position. Right, yeah. I, so, it, it's certainly. And let me just, let me just say one quick thing about the death penalty, which um, I, I haven't done a lot of recent research on it. But I, but in the in the previous research that I've done on the death penalty, um, it 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 certainly needs some reform. And I and 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 I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that we should get rid of it. Um, I, I'm simply saying that when you look at the number of folks there, I'm sure you're aware of the Innocence Project, which was a big deal yeah. nationwide. Yeah. Um, the Innocence Project, it, you know, made, con- made made countless men and women. Um, mm. we, we happened to find that there was DNA evidence that they were innocent, innocent, right? Um, uh, even after they were were convicted, um, and so. Anytime you have a system that 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 makes that many mistakes, and that that you had those folks that were a lot of folks that were sitting on death row, um, mm-hmm. we have to. I, I think the way that the way that I choose to look at the at the death penalty is that that perhaps we don't need to get rid of it, but we certainly need to look at at some potential reform uh, of of what needs to happen in terms of making that process a a fairer process and making it one where we're not just sending you to jail because you're a large African American male who uh, was, you know, at the scene of a crime where, uh, you know, where uh, Caucasian folks uh, died. Because mm-hmm. you know the 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 uh, 
the numbers are astounding. If you look at, I can't remember who the researcher is, but the it's been researched before that if you end up if you happen to be a a black man in that situation, your chances of of of, of being convicted are highly greater than uh, yeah, than, than anyone is. else. We know that. Right. We know that. Yeah. 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 We do know so, that. And but uh, I think I but do we, believe. But, but state oh, attorneys yeah. have so much power. That's the other thing that I was just going to say that that I wanted to make impress upon your audience, Mr. Deshay, that state attorneys have so much power that we have um, got to, again, to develop our bench of, of black lawyers um, and folks that are willing to step forward and, and run for that office. It, is not a, it certainly is not an easy office to, 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 to run, but, um, but for too long we have allowed uh, uh, folks who um, uh, do not represent necessarily the community to not, we've not held them accountable uh, to some of the right. decisions that they've made, um, and 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 so um, we need we need to really take a look a closer look on how do we um, um, develop the opportunity and, and and obviously the state attorney has to be an attorney. Um, my understanding that, that I that I I work with um, I, I happen to be a graduate of Florida State's law school. Uh, but I work with law schools all over our state, um, and and we are unfortunately seeing fewer folks, black folks, go into law school. And uh, you know, we're tr- I'm trying. I'm actually working with a, a group of uh, attorneys and and former colleagues of mine right now to try to make sure that we can keep those numbers up. Because if we don't, you're not going to ever have another black state attorney if you don't have black black lawyers that are that are um, that are uh, in our community. Right. Well, Mr. Pratt, let me, Mr. Pratt, let me ask you this question because this is what I found astounding. I'm always listening to news all across the country and listening to the different cases related to crime, and it always seems mm-hmm. to me that instead of prosecutors being in search of the truth, once they have established their position, they are very reluctant to come away from that position even when new uh, information is brought forth. And they will avoid even making public information that may uh, help to make them find someone innocent. So mm-hmm. why is it that uh, the prosecutors seem so committed uh, to convicting a person versus finding the truth? Right. That, you're absolutely right, James. That is that is their job um, is to to seek the truth, um, and and quite frankly, many of them, I believe, oftentimes get caught up in uh, the numbers of of the situation. How, you know, I have to have this number of convictions in order to show that I've been tough on crime and that we we've, we've convicted this many people um, instead of saying. I'm going to develop, you know, how, how, um, how uh, different would it be if we actually had a state attorney that said, you know what, I'm going to develop uh, my own small innocence project, and we're going to make sure that, if in my, that at least in my area, at least in the counties that I represent, that, um, that we are going to um, uh, use DNA, DNA evidence to find uh, the folks that are uh, 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 not guilty um, to find them and to release them. Um, how 
powerful would that be if a state attorney actually took that opportunity? Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to paint a broad brush and say every state attorney, but I think that sometimes they get caught up in the numbers of the numbers of convictions oh, that they typically have to have in order to be reelected um, and in mm-hmm. order to be, to be viewed as uh, 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 difficult or, or, or tough on crime um, instead of um, looking for opportunities to, um, to, to search for the truth. But that you're exactly right. Their job is to search for the truth, um, and, and, and we need to begin to elect folks to do that. And when they don't do that, we need to, again, hold them accountable at the ballot box, but also, um, you, you know, you can also not only vote, but it, it's also encouraging our other folks in our community to either run and writing checks. That's also a part of it. Um, uh, 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 using our, our financial power. I heard something the other evening where I think uh, the, the buying power of uh, African Americans in this country is somewhere around $1.3 trillion. That's a lot of money. So, and we, we, we have the latest Jordans and we have the uh, best TV and, and all the other things. We purchase all those other things. It's, it's, time that, it's, it's high time that we decide that we also need to be giving back to those in our community so that they can uh, represent our community. Um, and that is truly what is going to get us a better life and a, and a, and a, and a better chance at justice when, um, you know, a young person, our, our son or daughter, is, is, is pulled over um, uh, by, by a law enforcement official. Uh, I see that Regina is back with us. Uh, Regina, would you like uh, to ask uh, Mr. Pratt a question or make a statement? Yes, hi. Good evening. Um, All I would like to say is um, here in South Carolina, and particularly in Columbia, we have, um, I have access to a young man, um, Antoine Seawright, who always endears himself to anything that I'm doing to give insight. He does it unselfishly. And I want to thank you for doing the same there in Florida because although it is taking of your time, you are educating so many people and your um, your effect on the future is widespread now because I'm here in South Carolina. You have someone who's in Arizona or California, and while the, um, the, the actual state laws may differ a little, the premise is the same. We have yeah. to get involved. We have to yeah. get involved. We have to get involved, and it starts on the local level where mm-hmm. one part of your county may not be charged $2.30 and, and for street lights a month on, mm-hmm. on their electric mm-hmm. bill, and another part of the county is. So you can go to county council and say, well, why is this and this needs to be changed? Because it's money. Yeah. So yeah. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, um, I, 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 
want, I, I can only hope that this is the kind of effect that will continue to um, kind of multiply. Um, one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about working with children and teaching them civics is that I want them to, I want them to understand what some of the issues that we're talking about, and I want them to be to grow up to teach their children that because I think that that's where we have to go. Um, this isn't going to be resolved in one generation, quite frankly. Um, you know, my mother remembers uh, is is young is is young enough to remember um, the uh, you know the difference when when there were white uh, white um, water fountains and there were black water fountains. Um, and so it's been, you know, now we're now here comes my generation, and we have to now make a contribution um, and to take it to the next level. I think um, uh, it's beholden upon the current generation, quite frankly, to move that ball even forward, more forward than it's been moved, and um, that we've made some strides. Don't, you know, don't get me don't get me wrong, but there's still so much left that we have to do. It, there's no way that we can possibly. Uh, again, I I laud every I laud laud everyone that was involved with the election of, of of President Barack Obama. But there's there's a lot more work to do. We we can't rest. Amen. To that. Uh, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl, as we um, draw close to the end of the show, uh, what are some? Do uh, you have a question or a statement? that you'd like to ask uh, Mr. Pratt related to uh, what you see as a strong need in your community or uh, in our country? Um, well, a lot of the things, you know, that he mentioned, everything that he mentioned that needs to be done on a local level um, is things that I believe that, you know, I can and um, – get a group together because it's more um it's more powerful when you have a group opposed than mm-hmm. an individual trying to do everything on their own and get a group together like minded people that are trying mm-hmm. to make the changes and help, you know, just like I said, having, you know, someone to come in and to be able to explain that, but not in just one church, in the churches within the community, you know. And also share it with other people that are in other communities where they can start the you know the same process as well, so I think that you know the information that he gave is very very valuable information um and this is something you know that we have been doing um some of it on um because of the talks that was had on this platform. But I believe that, you know, with a little bit more understanding of what he's, you know, explained to us, that we can really take all and we can all, you know, put together, um, put the actions um, in place. And, you know, looking for this next ballot coming up is really important. So that's something that, you know, that I really want to get on before it actually happens so we can kind of, we can actually educate the people when they act when they go to the polls and they know what they're voting for so again i thank you mr pratt for all the information that you've given us um and thank you again for everything that you have done and that you continue to do 
So thank you, Regina. Uh, I mean, Mr. Thank Brad, you. let me you on Go the ahead. spot. Um, did you ever, as this uh, transpired and came to reality, did you ever initially uh, on the uh, on in the year 2016 think that Donald Trump would be our president? <laughs> Only uh, I will say this about about your question, James. Um, I. I I did. I was afraid, and quite frankly, I thought that in 2012 we were going to see it with the Romney campaign. But my my biggest fear, and I voiced this to some of my colleagues when we uh, helped to elect President Obama, uh, some of the folks that were working with me on his campaign, that that there will be uh, some people will call it a, a backlash. I used to call it kind of call it a blacklash because. And that's what I see. That's where I see us as being right now. That that this is a direct response to the election of Barack Obama, and if we don't respond again with um, someone that has compassion, someone that has um, a presidential temperament, um, someone that um, is willing to move us forward as a country and not uh, different segments and not in dividing, seeking to divide our country. Um, seeking to divide people by who should come to this uh, to this country, um, you know the, the the we're dealing with the immigration issue right now um, in our country, um, and and it is astounding to me that 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 we that that I've talked to some black folks that that really have not seen this as as a black issue even when we know that there are many folks from the that are Caribbean and from African countries that come here who. Um, are also in danger. It's not just brown folks. It's also black folks, and 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 that's one of the other things that I wanted to make sure I got out on this on this program was that um, there there are so many issues that we have to that that we have to begin to turn our focus to um, that it sometimes is 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 very difficult to to put it all together. But um, but we have to systematically begin to elect the. A good, good moral folks that have the right temperament that want to do the right thing for for our community, be them black or white, or some other color. Uh, we have to be, begin to elect those folks and and reelect those folks and 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 continue to stay engaged. You can't play in the game of politics just one election, because we've we've already seen what. Uh, that 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 the current administration has re, has redacted and returned us to quite a few other has has, has returned some of the the um, items that President Obama has done through executive order. He's reversed that. So we have to. It, it's 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 now at a point where we have to again come show up and begin to to make our voices heard at the ballot box. But we have to do the the homework of also. Um, going and finding out what are the important issues on the ballot. Who are the the folks that I need to vote for? What are the issues that matter to me the most? And and questioning those candidates on those issues. Um, you know, that's what that's what the whole that's what this whole thing is about. Um, the whole game of politics, if you will, is about uh, asking the question of and figuring out what are the issues that matter to me most and making those issues. Um, um, 
uh, at the top of the mind of the folks that represent us, be it in uh, the State House or, or the White House. All right, we're going to take another short break, and we're going to come back and let everyone have their final word. I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men, while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. Again, I say, um, Mr. Platt, we thank you um, for sharing this platform with us um, this evening. And as I always say, you know, we believe that we are doing a lot. But, you know, I always say whatever we do, we can always do more. All right. Regina, your final thought for this evening? Um. My final question is, when will Mr. Pratt be joining us again? Um, because um, as we see every day, this this political atmosphere is forever evolving. And, and we could appreciate having updates on things that are going on and getting clarification on some questions we may have. So I would just hope that James and Mr. Pratt, Attorney Pratt, will have a conversation on his joining us again. 
Well, I have already stated to Mr. Pratt that uh, he may have made a mistake by uh, accepting my <laughs> invitation because once I get him, uh, I may not let go. So we'll see if we can get Mr. Pratt to uh, to visit us uh, at least once a month, uh, it, 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 you know, and just try to keep uh, asking and, until he uh, said yes. Uh, Reverend <laughs> Smith, what is your final thought for this evening? I'd just like to say thanks to Mr. Pratt, really. I don't have any other questions. Uh, my thought is that he's very informative, a lot of information, and uh, I'd say he sounds like a, a mini-me. He's been around all the organizations there, um, the state attorney office, the public defender's office, and all of those things. And so thank you for your wealth of knowledge, and may God continue to hold you and bless you in whatever you touch and you do. No. All right. Um, Thank you. Uh, Kathy, do you have a final thought for this evening? Kathy, going again? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> she, was, she was just listening today. All right. Um, Mr. Pratt, what is your final thought for this evening? Well, first of all, um, let me say thank you for having me on. I'm um, uh, excited about any opportunity to um, uh, have an opportunity to educate folks and to get educated myself on what are the issues that people care about. Um, So I I look forward to having uh, additional conversations. Um, Perhaps they can come back in. I mean, one of the issues that I wanted to talk about that we didn't even get a chance to to even uh, uh, get on is the appointment of judges through the Judicial Nominating Commission. And I mean, there's so many other issues that really, <laughs> that we could get into that are really so impactful uh, on our community um, and issues that folks may not be aware of um, and things that they can get engaged with, um, increasing that engagement because uh, 2018 and 2020 are definitely. Uh, times that we don't want to be caught off guard. We don't want to be sitting on our hands uh, during the next two elections. Every election is important, but um, we continue. But the 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 ante continues to be up as we move more and more um, into the future. It seems as though our elections are getting more and more important. And certainly, I want to encourage those who are listening to continue to fight to continue to work in your communities, learn the issues, um, and I hope to have the opportunity to come back and talk to your audience again, Mr. DeShay. Oh, you will, without a doubt. We'll stay in touch and and make sure that happens. Uh, This uh, show is about allowing people to have a voice who have been uh, not asked what they think or what direction they think the country should go. So it's real important to me uh, that we stay on task and make sure that people have a way of speaking out and sharing what it is that is on their minds. I want to continue to thank all of you guys for your continued support, uh, for being here and being willing uh, to make thoughts, love, and reflection a part of your daily existence. Uh, We're here so that we can get to understand what's going on in our world, and so that we can share our thoughts with those who sometimes are not listening. 
This is James C. Deshay, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflections, and we'll be back tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern Time so that your voice can be heard loud and clear. Um. This song means a lot to me because there was a time in my life when I couldn't love myself enough to love anyone else. But now I'm in love. And for Mary J. Blige, that's rare. Relationships are really, really hard to keep together. But let me explain to y'all what happened to me. Chemistry was crazy from the get-go. Neither one of us knew why. People swore it off that the faith said we can't be that. Now from top to bottom, maybe that we did that. It's so true that.
I am a man, given the power to overcome the unexpected, asked to remain unbowed as the winds of change swirl around me. I am a man that knows my place and is fearless as I walk the streets of the world. It is my birthright to control all aspects of my existence while being humble. I am a man searching the roads for the moment that will empower me to uncover my purpose and allow me to rule over my kingdom. I am a man which has been given the characteristics of my father, ordering me to protect the one who makes me whole and gives me images of myself. I am a man who will display love in a fashion created within my eternal spirit, fixated on sharing my love beyond the bounds of my family. I will make sure that my legacy lives within all who cross my path, instilling God's love and motivation. I am a man.